Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's go there. With Shira and Ryan. Oh Entertainment. Music. Pop culture. LGBT plus news. Let's go there. Starts now. Hello. Happy Thursday. Yes, this is Let's Go There. It's Shira. Ryan is out. Sharjah Cells filling in for Ryan. Yes, day again two. Today. Day two. Day two. It's a good day. It's Thursday. It well, for you it is. It's a great day because... I've had, yes, I've had quite an eventful morning. I had an ad campaign launch this morning Hello. with Our Place. Are you familiar with Our Place? What is it? Explain. They they have all the good kitchen stuff and the always pan. Oh. I'll show you. I'll show. They got all the good dishes and oh. and cutlery and stuff. Okay. But also, I was named one of the five recipients for the 2021 Curve Award. Yes, where's our clap sound effect? And okay. it's. <laughs> And I should mention that this award, like I get a stipend and a whole bunch of good stuff, but this award is to recognize emerging journalists. Now, what I will say is that as my star rises, I should say, mm-hmm. um, I get exposed to different things and different people. So I guess I am emerging, but it's one of those things where I've been doing this for like 14 years. <laughs> I mean, that's the way so, it is sometimes. Yes. And I just have to get a, give a shout out to NLGJA, which is the Association of LGBTQ plus journalists, and also the Kerr Foundation. They're all about making her story. Oh, what is the Kerr Foundation? The Kerr Foundation, well, I know that they have a a publication, but uh, like their Twitter bio says, with the support of our community, Curve Magazine and the Curve Foundation will work to continue to curate our culture into the future, ready to make her story. So they have a publication and I need to check that out. Yeah, you could go to the curvefoundation.org for more information on them. But I I mean, now I'm never going to let anyone forget that I am, as of today, July 1st, an award winning journalist. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Well, congrats, Char. That's amazing. You deserve it. Thank you. And more to come. Oh, (laughs) I think you just had the wrong sound effect there. Okay, there we have it. Uh, well, coming up on the show today, how martial arts, actually jiu-jitsu, can help black queer people build every kind of strength. Actually, also this for women is amazing. I've been meaning to get into jiu-jitsu, but... Do you know any self-defense tactics? You know, I learned some jiu-jitsu, but it's so hard for me, choreography-wise, to remember things. Yeah. It's like one of those that I need to do over and over again, Yeah. but it's helpful and needed. We'll be talking more about that at 3.35 p.m. Pacific, 6.35 p.m. Eastern. Plus, I'm so excited to have the uh, poet who inspired IKEA's bisexual couch joining us also in two hours. <laughs> we have an action-packed show. But first, let's get into some What's Trending This Hour. 
President Biden met with the families of victims from the Surfside, Florida building collapse and had this to share. I have, like many of you do, some idea what it's like to suffer that kind of loss. So many of them are suffering. You know, uh, they had basic heart-wrenching questions. Will I be able to recover the body of my son or daughter, my husband, my cousin, my mom and dad? How can I have closure without being able to bury them? If I don't get the body, what do I do? Jill and I wanted them to know that we're with them and the country's with them. Oh, it's, it's just devastating. Yeah. And, you know, he's speaking from a personal place because he suffered a personal loss a few decades ago, I believe, when he lost uh, his... Well, he lost his son to a brain, was it brain a tumor? Well, and that, but before also his wife, that, his, loss, his ex-wife. And a yeah. child, I believe. He's had a lot In of loss. Car, it was like a car accident. If I'm not mistaken, someone on Twitter tweet me and correct me if I'm wrong. But he lost, it was a few decades ago. And of course, you know, his son um, to... Uh, glioblastoma is that is that what it's called it's the same type of cancer yeah that his John wife McCain and baby had. daughter were killed in a car accident yes in 1972 yes. you know yes. so previously obviously when we would go through any sort of loss or trauma as a country we knew our the past president didn't really know how to deal with those things or make statements and it, it's refreshing to see someone who has empathy and like really is leading with compassion yeah but that's a tough place to be in being asked those questions obviously you don't really have answers to you know I often think back to uh, President Obama during his administration mm-hmm. when he had to address the country after the uh, the the church shooting the Dylan Roof uh, yeah. shooting and address those families and even the pulse like there's just so many different heinous and unnecessary and surprising things that happen in this country and you know going back to what we were talking about yesterday as it pertains to this particular incident it could have been so easily avoided had people followed building code and done what they needed to do and now look people are are searching for their loved ones bodies and wondering how they're going to have closure well uh that was what's trending this hour let's move into some entertainment news what's going on char Oh my gosh. So this morning, mm-hmm. I was greeted with a tweet from some friends on the East Coast saying, Char, at Char says so, get up. Page <laughs> Six was reporting that Meghan McCain, yes, Senator John McCain's daughter, is it was suspected that she was going to leave The View. We'll announce it. And then I tuned into this morning's show and the tease was that there was an announcement. And this is what Meghan had to say at the top of the show. So I am just going to rip the Band-Aid off. I am here to tell all of you, my wonderful co-hosts and the viewers at home, that this is going to be my last season here at The View. I will be here through the end of July to finish out the season with all of you, which I am grateful for. This was not an easy decision. It took a lot of thought and counsel and prayer and talking to my family and my close friends. And, you know... Yeah, Hmm. so this is going to be a game changer because love her or hate her, because Megan has gotten on my nerves on more than one occasion. But love her or hate her, Megan was responsible for keeping the show in the pop culture zeitgeist to an extent because she had all the viral moments. Megan's arguing with Whoopi today. Megan's getting into it with Joy for the 80th time. And so it's like, how are they going to recapture that? You know, Megan is, I was thinking that they'd hire Anna Navarro, who's been a rotating um, guest, Mm -hmm. a rotating co-host all this time but what Megan has that Anna doesn't is a little bit more fire to her delivery and don't get me wrong Anna Navarro that woman has some fire to her delivery but Megan's a bit more petulant in hers and Megan's a millennial Anna is not yeah and that helped her I mean I think that was a tough 
thing to have on her shoulders because I ultimately think like while she believes everything she said I also think she's not a, she doesn't care for as much drama please you don't think so? I think no oh and I should I should also mention that she made this decision because ever since the pandemic started she's been in DC and not in New York yeah and, and she, she doesn't want to no, go back yeah she has no desire to return to New York she wants to raise her family that her husband's sense. there she's in DC you don't think it's such a drain to like feed into that the, that those viral moments oh, yeah I'm sure her Twitter mentions blow up but she kept being Megan like she stuck to her guns and and doubled down so it'll be interesting to see in the fall I'm sure that they're gonna put people through grueling audition uh-huh. processes and and we'll see in the fall when they de- debut their fifth co-host. But there has to be a millennial on the panel. That is how the show started with Debbie Metanopolis season That's one. True. And that is Barbara Walters' vision for the show. Hopefully it's not um, Tom, Tommy Moran. Oh, my God. I bet you they're going to bring her on. But she is very divisive. So. Yeah, ABC. I don't, they don't like her. I don't know if they want that as a liability. Because Tommy has <laughs> said, Megan hasn't said some of the things that, like, Tommy yeah, is true. like QAnon. That's right. That's true. That's, uh, that's true. Well, coming up, why the Voting Rights Act got another blow in the Supreme Court today. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. The Voting Rights Act got another blow by the Supreme Court today. Here to share more is Josh Gerstein, Politico's senior legal affairs reporter. Thanks for being here. Hey, happy to be with you. So can you explain what exactly was decided today in Arizona? Well, um, in a narrow sense, there were two rules that they have in Arizona that the Supreme Court uh, basically upheld. One says that when you go to vote, you have to go to your own precinct. If you mistakenly go to another precinct, uh, your vote isn't counted. And the other rule says uh, that in most situations, no one's supposed to touch a mail-in ballot except for you and basically the Postal Service or if you deliver it directly um, to election officials. So some people like to collect them in batches. Um, In some states, that's allowed. And that's something that Arizona banned in 2016. So narrowly speaking, that's what was at stake in Arizona. But it really was a much uh, bigger fight about various practices that various states have, how they impact minority voters and what the rules are going to be going forward as we see fights developing in a couple dozen states around the country uh, about changes they're planning to make to their election rules. You know, I could honestly understand the whole, like, not gather, you know, ballots, you know, and you're not an official, because I would think someone might be throwing my stuff away. Um, But this, why do you think there is such a specific attack? Like, I feel like there's so many different political smoke screens popping up. They're talking about, you know, student trans athletes. We're always juggling so many balls at one time in this country. But why do you think... um, why do you think there's there's seemingly this attack on on voting rights? Who do you think? Do you think that they're coming after minority groups? Well, I think that there has been, um, you know, a, an effort on this front for many years. I think it has intensified, frankly, in the wake of last fall's election. Uh, I think a lot of Republicans are unhappy with the way the election turned out, particularly at the presidential level. And coupled with that, you have a very unusual reaction This is, as far as I know, not happened in the modern history of the United States with a presidential candidate where you have uh, President Trump saying he won and he thinks there was such widespread fraud that that's what caused Joe Biden uh, to appear to be ahead in the vote totals. And um, most Republicans don't seem to want to confront the president over that and instead are marching on to change various laws in the name of security. But I think in some of these changes, it's fairly clear that intentionally or unintentionally, the impact is going to be to make it harder for minority voters 
uh, to cast their ballot, or at least to lead to a situation where fewer minority voters cast their ballot. So knowing that they have a narrow view of this, right, and, and I want you to explain that because it seems like they're saying that the decisions being made aren't enough to make uh, the voting rules illegal under the act, right? And it's not extreme enough to impact minority groups. Is that what they're saying? And I guess then what needs to change on the Democrats end, maybe in terms of what the act looks like so that it can be more understood? Because it seems like there's something going on here where there's like there's loopholes. Right. Well, so there are still ways that um, uh, that Democrats and civil rights groups are going to be able to challenge these new voting restrictions. They can argue that they're unconstitutional. That's a different argument uh, from the Voting Rights Act, which covers a somewhat uh, different uh, set of circumstances. So that's an argument can be put forward. They can try to argue under the Supreme Court decision today uh, that they're still violating the Voting Rights Act. Uh, and so they're going to try to do that. But at the same time, there are a couple different pieces of legislation pending in Congress. Uh, the For the People Act is one of them, and the John Lewis uh, Voting Rights mm-hmm. Act is another one uh, that would basically try to force some more requirements on the states. Things like out-of-precinct voting, um, they would have to accept that uh, if one of these pieces of legislation uh, went through and all kinds of other uh, restrictions that states have on early voting and so forth. Uh, would basically be regulated and dictated at the federal level. So it would nullify a good chunk of the efforts that Republicans are making to impose additional restrictions in in various states across the country. Okay, well, continue uh, reporting on this story because, I mean, there's so much going on and it's going to impact the midterms and the election 2024. So Josh Gerstein, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Take care. You too. Josh is a political senior legal affairs reporter. Coming up, Bill Cosby's release is leaving many, including sexual assault survivors, devastated. So where do we go from here? We look at that next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Bill Cosby was released from prison after more than two years in custody yesterday. The Pennsylvania Supreme Court overturned his sexual assault conviction, ruling that a non-prosecution agreement that a former prosecutor involved in the case struck with Cosby basically allows him to now walk away from a conviction. Which is so wild. Yep. So, so, so wild. And the Lily staff writer Ann Brannigan joins us right now who has been covering this. Thanks for being here. Hi, good afternoon. Thank you for having me. Well, you wrote about the impact of this case on sexual assault survivors, including with this latest news. Uh, what is your take on this and how we move forward? Um, I mean, it's it's shocking, right? And I think that was the thing most people felt was the shock, um, this feeling that they were being disregarded for survivors and this feeling of hopelessness. Um, this was considered a big when for survivors, um, it was the, you know, the first major prosecution of the of the Me Too era, and it's essentially tossed out. Um, so, yeah, going forward, it's really unclear what's going to happen. Yeah, you know, Cosby had over 50 women step forward, you know, with these accusations. And as you were speaking, I was thinking to myself, when is the last time someone was prosecuted to the fully, you know, fully fullest extent of the law? I can't think. And Epstein. Well, Epstein, um, we know how that ended. Yeah. So there was no closure in a way. Exactly. Well, well, I mean, that that's the example 
for so many of these mm-hmm. instances. But I have to ask, uh, with so many different triggering, I guess, uh, landmines online yesterday in particular when this news was announced, uh, do you have any tips for survivors of, you know, um, assault outside of Cosby on how to possibly cope with some of the aspects of this case that might be triggering? Right. So something that, you know, when I spoke to Dr. Carolyn West, who's a psychologist um, who also teaches at the University of Washington, Tacoma, she mentioned that, you know, it's really important for survivors to remember that their voices do matter um, and to surround themselves with people who affirm them and support them. And those people are there. They do exist. Right. That can easily be drowned out when you're on social media and you see famous people like Felicia Rashad, people mm. you might feel a connection to, people, you know, your closest family members might even be voicing mm. opinions in support of an, of an alleged abuser, and that is difficult. And so it's really important to unplug when it feels overwhelming. It is okay to turn off the news. It is really important to take care of yourself in these very triggering moments which these news events are and even in reporting about this you wrote about a writer and former student of howard university and how they set up a gofundme to help support current and former howard university students who've experienced sexual violence on the hbcu campus how much of just access and also finances becomes a barrier to fighting for yourself in these cases Yeah, that's a side of the story that we don't often tell. And, you know, there are some statistics, I can't recall them right off the top of my head right now, but there's an enormous cost to survivors when they come forward, regardless of whether they get, quote unquote, justice or not, right? Mm -hmm. Um, If it happens on a college campus, for example, those investigations take months and you might be sitting in the same class as Mm -hmm. your abuser, you know, and that pushes folks to, they start doing poorly in their classes. They might have to repeat a semester. They might have to move off campus. They might have to pause their education. And those are costs that we don't often think about, about how long-term the effects of an incident of sexual violence can be for people. They really grapple with it for the rest of their lives. Yeah, that that's very challenging. And how are you when you're when you're covering this? How are you finding these stories? Because these are very triggering issues to bring up. How, how are you and finding? People don't always yeah, want to talk. Exactly. Yeah. So, as a reporter, um, how do you approach this type of reporting? I think you go. I go to folks who have already spoken up. So you know, I uh, you mentioned Nyla Burton, who I think is a great. Um, thinker on this subject. She's also a very outspoken advocate. So I go to people who I know feel comfortable talking and want to share their experiences. Um, They're not always hard to find, but I keep an eye out for, for folks who want to use their voice. And there are those people out there. Um, and it really is about trust and consent. And that is really important in any journalist relationship. It mm-hmm. is especially important when you're talking to survivors of any kind of violence, they need to know that they are in control of the story, that they can share as much or as little as they feel like they need to, and that you will support them um, by telling the facts of their story. 
Yeah, this makes me think of uh, Drew Dixon, who has a fascinating documentary on HBO Max called Off the Record, um, because she stepped forward. She came forward about Russell Simmons, and we all know Russell Simmons fled the country and has been living in Bali so he can avoid being prosecuted and investigated. For years now, that's where he's been. So, uh, yeah, you know, we got to just stay in the fight with these types of things, and Hopefully one day people will see real justice when it comes to things like this with these patriarchal and archaic um, justice system, really. That is true. Well, thank you so much, Ann Brannigan, for joining us today, who's uh, a staff writer at The Lily. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Take care. Yeah, and great work. Thank you. Now coming up, the debate over Chipotle and why they're mm. being called out for their delivery app. And it's not for the drones because we reported about that. It's for something else. Oh, I've never used their delivery yeah. app, but I remember they had a promotional thing where well, you get a quesadilla. We're going to talk about why people are calling them out. That's okay, next. okay, okay. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. The Chipotle app is creating some controversy. And by the way, before the break, I said the Chipotle drone. It was actually El Pollo Loco who had a drone. It was the wrong restaurant. Did you really say drone? Yeah, they I have. It's called that. Air Pollo Loco. Oh, gosh. Give me a break. Can you believe that? I do enjoy El Pollo Loco. I haven't had them in years, but I do enjoy mm. their food. All I feel like I think of is the bathroom when I think of that. Why? Like the bathroom. I'm just saying. When Chipotle too. Like every time I eat Chipotle, I want to eat it and enjoy it. And every time I feel like it's just my, my stomach is like, no. Oh, your Canadian stomach. Something Versus like that. my my Midwestern slash Southern yeah, stomach. Something like I'm that. I'm fine. So <laughs> meanwhile, all right. So the Chipotle app basically prevented a customer from tipping their delivery driver more than half of the order total. And it prompted a debate online after it was shared on Reddit. So someone wrote, or this is from the notification they included, whoa, 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 that is mighty generous of you, but tips can't be more than 50% of your food's total. So basically the app is limiting how much you're going to tip. That's not right. Which is unfair because 
how much really are these drivers making? Let them get a good tip if someone's going to give them a good tip, like in a restaurant. Yeah, I was about to say, that makes me think of those rare restaurant stories where it's like, oh my God, you know, someone left this random uh, waitress or waiter an $1,000 tip. Like, I don't think that they should be uh, regulating tips in that way. Yeah. You should be able to give whatever the, the heck you want to give. Totally. So it was shared on the Reddit, mildly infuriating infuriating mm-hmm. um, which is I love these subreddit names they're really cute uh, and so someone attempted to tip over $5.45 on a $10.90 cent uh, food order which isn't even that much like let the person have their $5 okay yeah. The user told uh, the Daily Dot, because then, you know, it went viral and Daily Dot did a story on it. They tipped the driver with cash to avoid the app limit. But the post led to a lot of speculation about why Chipotle and other delivery apps prevent large tips. And actually, people shared reasons why. Because it stops people from doing sketchy things. Like if you're using a food delivery to maybe sell drugs or something like what? black market stuff. I know. Like, here's your Chipotle. By the way, do you want, you know, some illegal <laughs> substance? And they use it to basically, like, get their cash through that. I don't know. It doesn't make sense no, why that people would do that. If you got that. a side hustle, you then... you do a Venmo or something? Or cash. If you got a side hustle, why would you pay me through, the, through Postmates? <laughs> exactly. So, um... So Chipotle actually made a statement about this, that it's a preventative measure worked against um, user error and fraud. So they said similar to many retailers, the Chipotle app includes safeguards around tipping to avoid human error. As well as yeah. fraud to ensure its guests provide their intended dollar amount. I mean, in that thread, I'm looking at a comment right now that said, this is real. I accidentally almost tipped $420 instead of $4.20. And a similar pop-up came up for me for Uber Eats. Well, then that's like, are you sure? Not, you can't. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Are you sure? How hard is it? I'm not even a techie or a techn- I don't create these products and I have an answer for you and a solution in a moment right here on the radio live. I hope someone's listening in Silicon Valley. Come on, hire me as a consultant. (laughs) I've got all your answers. Yeah, this is ridiculous, though. I do not like it. Fix it, Chipotle. Exactly. What do you think? DM us at LGT Shows, where you can find us on social media. But coming up, Walmart has added a benefits platform for LGBTQ plus employees. We've got those details next on What's Trending This Hour. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Coming up this hour, how jiu-jitsu can help black queer people build every kind of strength. I love it. And I'm actually very intrigued by jiu-jitsu as a practice. We're going to find out more about that in 30 minutes. And updates on Britney Spears' conservatorship case in the T-Report. Shar is filling in for Ryan today. Oh, yes. Yes. So get well back. soon, Ryan. Exactly. Feel better. But let's get into some what's turning this hour. Miami-Dade County Mayor gave some updates on the condo collapse in Surfside, Florida. Uh, As many of you have already seen, we were forced to halt operations on the collapse in the early hours of the morning due to structural concerns about the standing structure. We're doing everything we can to ensure that the safety of our first responders is paramount and to continue our search and rescue operation as soon as it is safe to do so. And our engineers are continuing to monitor the structure as we've paused operations uh, to evaluate the situation and all possible options and next steps, including with the assistance of the state engineers. 
Wow. It's just poor, poor families having to go through this and not have any answers. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, what? you know, just like with any story, mm-hmm. with each passing day, it's going to develop and more and more is going to come out about this. I want to see. Oh, yeah. I also am interested to see what new laws will be uh, possibly put in place regarding coding for build Definitely. buildings. Yep. And what I was going to say is it doesn't look like there's going to be that many answers soon, including if they're putting some of this on pause. So... Uh, now, we'll G- giant retailer Walmart, which has a complicated history with its LGBTQ plus employees, has announced the addition of a benefits platform to help connect them with supportive health care. Walmart workers and their dependents who are covered by one of the company's medical plans will now be able to take advantage of in- included health, which offers concierge services that specialize in connecting LGBTQ plus people and their loved ones with quality affirming care. The service also offers specific support for gender affirming care. So yeah, that I comes know, from Walmart. I want to know how far that ranges. Like I know it's case by case, yeah. but like uh, I have a love hate relationship with Walmart. You know, just with all of their ties with the NRA and refusing to pull guns off their shelves until it was like, you know, the one billionth mass shooting. Um, and then I can't remember, but I think that. I saw a documentary a few years ago that Michael Moore did, and it kind of just exposed a lot of the crap uh, that Walmart does behind the scenes and at a corporate level. In 2016, they settled a lawsuit brought over denial of health insurance to employees, same-sex spouses. 2018, they settled a suit from a trans woman in North Carolina who said she was fired for complaining about harassment. And the company did not admit wrongdoing and said it does not tolerate discrimination. So there's a lot of strange stuff happening there while they still uh, promote the fact that they support the community. We'll see how this unfolds. And like I said, I want to know uh, how this ranges. Like, what does this look like? What exactly does this look like, Walmart? I'll be looking forward to a comprehensive step-by-step guide uh-huh. as to how they'll be dishing out health care services. Sure, people will be holding them to the fire. <laughs> yeah. Now, prosecutors charged the Trump organization today with a 15-year scheme to defraud the government and charged its chief financial officer with grand larceny and tax fraud in a Manhattan court this afternoon. Alan Weiselberg, former President Donald Trump's longtime CFO, pleaded not guilty during a brief arraignment hearing that began um, this afternoon. He had surrendered at the Manhattan District Attorney's office the morning after a grand jury filed indictments against him in the Trump organization. Weiselberg was released after the hearing, but he was required to surrender his passport after prosecutors said he was oh a gosh. flight risk. So there's lots going on right like now. Like I said yesterday, like I said yesterday, anytime you see that name, crime isn't too far behind. I mean, it never ends. It's almost... It's, it's laughable. It's laughable. It's a circus. But uh, that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in Entertainment News, Shark? Oh, my goodness. This story really just breaks my heart. You know, um, a judge has shot down Britney Spears' request to have her father removed from her conservatorship. New court documents that were filed by the Los Angeles Superior Court on Wednesday, which was yesterday, show that the judge has denied a months-old request by Spears' attorney to remove Jamie Spears as her sole conservator. These documents now are not in direct response to last week's hearing where Spears gave an explosive testimony. Um, and it was a 24-minute statement that she gave, like we talked about yesterday. You all talked about this last week. And I just, for the life of me, cannot understand. And I know that there's been a lot of talking points around this and a lot of tweets. But we are currently living in a world where Bill Cosby is a free man and Britney Spears is still a prisoner. It, the that irony, no right? And the hypocrisy. I, I saw that tweet. 
That because it really makes no sense. And even though this isn't in direct response to you know the damning testimony from last week, I don't understand why they just won't rearrange some things. Well, not, not even rearrange some things. Just free Britney. Free Britney. Just do something. We know Jamie Spears is allegedly up to no good. And you all are, he's still the sole conservator. But like, why not say, okay, well, we're going to look at it and then find, uh, like, be transparent about finding some sort of solution for versus keeping the status quo. Exactly. That just doesn't make sense. That also bothers me. I feel like every decision needs to be solution-based. And this Totally. Is... This isn't solution. This is not listening to a victim. Now, I've heard conspiracy theories about the judge being paid by the conservatorship. And we know sometimes shysty and grimy things happen. I feel like they know Allegedly. this is so high profile that they would get called out and, like, and fired. And they're... But that's all the more reason to keep the security tight if you're doing something <laughs> illegal. You're not oh going to be God. meeting at the McDonald's on the corner of La Brea and exchanging, you know, thousands of dollars. Like, they, people know what they're doing. This is wild. There's well, so now she's being called out, theories. and that, this is going to be a lot on her career now. Yeah, it's it's just gross. Free Britney. I don't know how many times people have to say it. Uh, and I hope that, and yesterday I mentioned, I said that Britney was 40. Excuse me, she is 39. She'll be 40 this year. And I, my only prayer regarding this is by her 40th birthday that she's a free woman. At the very latest, her 40th birthday. Ugh. Yeah. Well, coming up, how did the superstition that broken mirrors cause bad luck start? And why does it still exist? We're looking into superstitions. That's next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. You know, a lot of people believe superstitions. Either it's something they take on or their family or put it on them. them. Yeah. Or, or you say, yeah, I don't believe. I'm a skeptic. 
I feel like I have no choice. I am a product of black folk from down south. There are tons of superstition, which I've always thought was so funny because a lot of black people are so wildly religious while also being so wildly subscriptive to superstitions. And so you recently... It's like a contradiction. Yeah. So you recently broke a mirror. Oh my gosh. Yes. The retrograde that just passed. So many things. <laughs> I am not a clumsy girl. But when I tell you within that two week span, there were things that popped, busted, tore, broke. I even okay. had a nail in my tire I had to have replaced. The mirror that I broke didn't make any sense. Like it was oh. it literally like tapped so, a corner and it just cracked. Are you superstitious? I know your background, but like, did you believe it was something, there was something there? You know, um... I paused for a minute and I said, you know what? I'm manifesting nothing but positive Okay, energy. there you go. That's good. Well, Jason Parker joins us right now, a senior lecturer in Old Dominion University's Department of Psychology to talk about why we believe in superstitions and what where they come from. Thanks for being here. Hey, I'm glad to be here. And, well, superstitions are easy. And actually, they are based on real psychological uh, principles. Oh. Because uh, what happens with psychology is we get a partial reinforcement. You see, you only have to believe something or worry about something happening. So somebody tells you, hey, if you do this or you break a mirror, this is going to happen. And from there, with you just once out of ten times, it has to happen. And you go, wow, see, yeah. it right. happened. And That's then it's crazy, called confirmational. Yeah. It's called confirmational bias. Uh-huh. So you are looking for something to bad happen. You mm-hmm. thought something might happen, and then your friend started telling you something bad's going to happen. It's like and you attracted like, it. Oh. And then you see it, and wow, you noticed it as something bad happened. So you know, then maybe there is some psychic energy going around there too. You know, maybe who, so. Who knows on. But, you know, if you're looking for it and you find it, you only got to find it a couple times before you start watching out for it. And if you don't believe in those such things, hey, go out to Vegas, walk through a poker game and just point at somebody and go, jinx. (laughs) Guarantee you, you're going to get a response. So as (laughs) as someone who is involved with psychology, how much does this type of stuff fit into how we function as humans? Because it seems like something that is so part of our behavior and communication. I mean, people talk about knocking on wood, uh, obviously breaking mirrors, opening umbrellas and doors. Step on a crack, break your mother's black back. cat, walking under a ladder. I mean, the list goes Never on and on. Never buy a man's shoes. So, like, where did this all come He'll from? walk out of your life. <laughs> well, it, it, well it, it, comes, it comes from, you know, multiple things. I mean, like, with, with breaking of mirrors, they were very, very expensive. Remember, it's glass over silver, so the whole seven years bad luck was because it took about seven years to get that much money to buy one. And mm. I mean, even right now, go out and buy a, a uh, you know, four by six, four foot by six foot mirror. And you're going to pay, you know, close to a thousand dollars. Mirrors, big mirrors like that scale are very pricey. Yeah. So I mean, part of that comes from that. But also on the other beliefs is we're trying to explain an unbelievable world in an unpredictable world. So these, so by taking on these kind of superstitions, we start trying to find a way to control that world. But I mean, even with things with mirrors, they've long looked at silver glass and reflections, and they've long believed that they hold bits of your soul because you know you're seeing you reflected back, and most definitely looks real. Yeah, you know, so I find there's something there. 
Yeah, it, this is also interesting to me because I feel like there's certain uh, superstitions that are universal and some that are cultural. As we've been having this mm. conversation, I was thinking about my own family and like, you're not supposed to like uh, sweep your hair up and throw it away because really? the birds will get it and make a nest and drive you. It'll drive you crazy. Like you're you're supposed you're wow. not supposed to sweep your hair up. You're not supposed to buy a man's shoes. He'll walk out of your life. There's another. Oh one. my God, a lot. Yeah, you're, there's another one. You're not supposed to put your purse on the floor. Never put your purse on the floor. I heard about that because of a, like you're, means you're not going to make money. Yeah, but like why yeah, yeah. is it that we default to but, negative well, versus positive? That's a great question, Shira. If, if you want to go, if you want to go humorous and go Cajun, you know, um, bury your underwear in your lover's backyard, and they can never leave your house or leave you. Creole, so, Creole, yeah, Creole. That is Creole. Oh yes. <laughs> so yeah, what what's your take on that psychologically? Why we typically these things are always a negative versus a positive? Well, you have an expectancy effect, okay, and you know, so when you have an expectancy effect, when, when somebody says something. If it actually gets into your head, you are going to be looking for it and more likely to do it. It's like, you know, on the opposite end of that, you know, positive motivation. I look, you know, my, my how the money rolls in, rolls in. My how the money rolls in and you're going to find, you know, profit because you're looking for it. Well, when you're looking for the negative, when it comes to making those little decisions in one direction or another, you make a negative decision because you knew that was coming. And that's an expectancy effect. And that actually just goes down to uh, one thing. I, I teach physiology and physiological psychology. But in my physio course on health, I talk about the voodoo effect to where a doctor okay, now can, you're give talking you a my language. doctor can give you a bad diagnosis and you will look for it. Yeah. And if yeah. they give you six months to live, you might only live six months. Yep. Because you're going to look for it. And there are real documented cases. I mean, real documented cases people told, hey, you're going to die because you have cancer, and then they die, and then they find out, well, they didn't really have cancer. Yeah. And I mean, I, and I say that only because I can absolutely send you the articles on that. I saw yeah, that. I, 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 you know, coming out of the pandemic, I am like hell-bent on nothing but positive affirmations, but it's interesting yeah. that you that you mentioned that, because even outside of superstitions, you know, I'm a black woman, I'm trans, and there are damning statistics mm-hmm. amongst, you know, my demographic of people and I found myself taking that on Mm. instead because you know you report on it you're immersed in it it's of community and when you see nothing but these negative tropes that are kind of like placed on your shoulders you do end up taking that in even though that's not my reality of course people are finding these negative you know negative effects of like COVID and the vaccine because they're looking for them you will notice every single every time you go to get any prescription pharmacy look over the paperwork and you're going to find side effects headaches cold why because those are so easily induced by your own beliefs so your belief takes you there that's how the placebo effect works right that is absolutely a placebo effect and that's By the way, an experimental effect, 25, 20 to 25%. A placebo effect, 20 to 5, 25%. Each one of those is a roll of a dice, okay? Wow. One fourth, one fourth, or one fifth if you're going with the lower of 20. So every time you roll that dice, you know, they're looking for that. So, yeah, when you say that, you know, you're trans and they look at you and they go, well, this is going to happen to you. Yep, yep. Now, what they just did is voodooed you. Okay, um, so they just put mm-mm. they just put a curse L- on you. Listen, and, they don't know this you know. Jocelyn lineage. I'm good. Okay, when it comes to yeah. that. 
And Jason, uh, so thank you so much for being here. It really shows the power <laughs> of the mindset and our brain as a muscle. That's the thing we got to work on. Yes. That was Jason Parker, Absolutely. a senior lecturer in Old Dominion University's Department of Psychology. Thank you so much. This was fun. Hey, anytime. I'm happy to talk with you. I can talk more. Oh, trust me. This is going to have been a whole hour. <laughs> yes. Uh, now coming up, how martial arts can help black queer people build every type of strength. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. People take on martial arts to build strength and for self-defense, but for black queer individuals, it's more than just physical. And I love this. I, I actually love the idea of like the soul training of martial arts and mm-hmm. jiu-jitsu specifically. And joining us right now to share her story is Toria O'Neill, a purple belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu out of grappling mastery and who also practices Muay Thai and wrestling. Basically a Good badass. Lord. Tori, welcome to the show. <laughs> Hey, thanks for having me. So why did you decide to start practicing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? Honestly, like it's kind of nerdy, but I was a huge wrestling fan as a kid. And I wanted to get into it. Um, and then once I got out of college, I found um, I found a school that taught wrestling on the side. And they kind of snuck me into Jiu-Jitsu. They tricked me. And I fell in love with it like after my first class. Oh my gosh, I'm so envious of you. You know, as a child, I was like obsessed with Power Rangers and I wanted to do mm-hmm. martial arts and my parents never signed me up for martial arts and now I'm too scared like something will happen, like I'll break a finger or something. I have to ask you though, what's the difference in like, what makes jujitsu different from something like Taekwondo? Okay, so Taekwondo, that's a striking martial art. Okay. So jujitsu, right off the bat, um, it's called Brazilian jujitsu. Is the Thai fight practice? Okay. It's no punching, no kicking, none of that, none of that. It's a type of like ground fighting that really emphasizes takedowns, body controls, um, chokes, um, um, bot- limb extensions, and stuff like that. And what I love about it, even though I- I've been around it before, I've done like little experiments here and there with people I know who are in it, which you now remind me I, need, I should go back. Uh, but Absolutely. I love how at any size, you could actually take someone down even though you're smaller than them and less strong, mm-hmm. which oh, is amazing. I need, to, I need to learn this. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm 6'1", and I'm about 290, and I get taken down by my five-foot training partner all the time. Like, I'm trying to stay up. No, I she love takes a tall me down. woman. I love it. You know, I'm 5'9", yeah. so anytime I meet another tall, I'm like, yes! Yeah. <laughs> but why is it more than just about building strength and self-defense? Like, let's talk about this on, on a more spiritual level. Yeah. So, well, for me... I think a lot of other people too, is like I had a lot of issues with self-worth, self-esteem. And like you said, another tall, I've always been a big girl. I come from a big girl family. So I was very hesitant about using my body mm-hmm. in any kind of way. I was very hesitant to like the things that I would wear. Um, me and my friends joke about it, but you know, I live in Florida and I wore jeans in the summertime up until I was 25. What? Because I, I didn't want to show my thighs because people were just way too comfortable commenting on my body. Okay. Um, and I started jujitsu and I got to see these positive ways that I could use my body and to realize that even though I was bigger in this sport, like there's a place for me here. Like it's a whole, it's a whole realm where like I can dominate being a larger person in this sport. Mm -hmm. And I got to meet other women who were, um, kind of going through the same journey as me you know they they were questioning their if they had a place Mm -hmm. um 
anywhere. And then you found, they found, we found this little nook within jujitsu, like, hey, I can compete here. I can train here. I can get healthy here. Um, it really kind of, like, from me starting jujitsu, it really catapulted me into appreciating my body more and then also realizing all the, all the little traumas that I had through my life that I was kind of ignoring and it pushed me to, like, really face them and face why don't I like my body or why do I have such issues with it. Wow. What a story. That's beautiful. Wow. <laughs> so why do you feel the need, because uh, this conversation is surrounding um, how you are helping black queer people build this kind yeah. of strength. So why are we focusing in, why are we honing in specifically on black queer people? Walk us through this. <laughs> okay, so... Through my jujitsu journey, I, I have a couple of side projects where I work with different um, different demographics. But in general, black people, we get painted a certain way as being very aggressive, as being very, you know, ready to fight. But like <laughs> most people I know, they don't know how to properly protect themselves. It's purely based on instinct. Mm. And of the c- other communities that we're looking at, queer people tend to be even more at risk. You yeah. know, being, yeah, we, we, we get put in situations where we're not, we're not safe or people feel like because we have this perception of how we are either hyper-violent or hyposexual, that they feel like they need to take action against us. So we're a very vulnerable population. So I always tell any woman, any, any of my queer friends, like, if you want to learn even the basics, hit me up and I'll teach you because it's important to know how to protect yourself and Absolutely. not just in having, not just having a weapon, because weapons fail, weapons drop, you know, we don't know, but what can you do to protect yourself if it is just you by yourself? I think it's very important that y- you can, if you do, even if you know the basics, there's a confidence that you carry yourself with knowing that you could protect yourself mm-hmm. that works as a deterrent, like, and Most people don't want to challenge. We also know black people's uh, history as far as like weapons and defending themselves and standing their ground and how that works in the Absolutely. in the judicial system. But, you know, the American way is to go out and get you a gun. So I like the alternative yep. that you're providing. <laughs> like this sounds hey, good. I, I My girlfriend is a pro-gun person and even and we had a discussion about that the how she is now taking self-defense classes as well because of that argument that i gave it's like hey that's that's all well and good but you know they're not foolproof Mm -hmm. and as you said you're not gonna you can't bring your gun everywhere you can't bring your knife everywhere and you know you just it's just a thing you should you should know how to do these are the like basic proper training that you should know because anybody can try you anywhere mm-hmm. like, I, I know that's right and you need to know how how you, how are you going to handle it if someone really tries to pop off on you plus it builds your self-worth and confidence and that also levels you up that was tori o'neill who also has uh, the mighty dames or dams <laughs> a group dames. dames yeah that's what i thought uh dames <laughs> dedicated to supporting women heavyweights thanks so much for Thank your you. inspirational story and for being here Thank you so much. Uh, now coming up, why this ex-Victoria's Secret model is slamming the brand. And we've got the receipts next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Former Victoria's Secret model Bridget Malcolm is coming out against the brand. Uh, she has some videos that have gone viral exposing the brand's harmful atmosphere and slamming their attempt at diversity and women's empowerment. She's saying it's a joke. 
Of course, the brand has faced uh, a lot of criticism and recently announced that they will be replacing their angels with the VS Collective. Yeah, it's a bit too late. If you ask me, yeah. it's a bit too late for a rebrand. They were called to the carpet so many times within Ooh, these past to the few carpet. years. I love that. Yeah, so many times within these past few years, and they kept doubling down and sticking to their guns, which they were entitled to. But the world is changing, and then a little uh, a little pop star from Barbados came up and and decided to create Fenty Savage X Fenty, and that I believe effectively knocked. Victoria's Secret out of the pop culture conversation and out of the zeitgeist because Rihanna has been extremely inclusive in representation and sizing. And that's what people like. The average American woman is a size 14 and Victoria's Secret... Victoria's Secret was a bit antiquated. And there's been uh, a conversation like, who were the angels for? Because it seems like it was for men. Well... Yeah, and also the the former chief marketing officer Ed Razek has been called out also for uh, you know creating this atmosphere and this environment and forcing them to stay in these A cup sizes versus like what they naturally are. You know, listen, I used to love the Victoria's Secret uh, runway show. I watched it every year. It was an event for me. I loved it. I loved seeing my favorite models mm-hmm. on that catwalk. I loved the performances. But in hindsight, it was not inclusive or, or representative of real people, so to speak. It's almost like we were so brainwashed. We knew that was the case, but we're like, but this is just how companies are. Like Exactly. It was, and it was entertaining. Exactly. But even to this day, I feel like that's what I say about Hollywood. Like, I feel like all of the talks about inclusion and diversity are surface level. Because when you really get to the nitty gritty and behind these closed doors, everything's still very thin and still very white. Let's just keep it a buck. Yeah. Well, she's saying it is just like you said, too little, too late. And it'll be interesting to see what actually happens with this if it makes a difference. I don't know if they'll be revived. Well, what is she mad about, though? She's mad because she ended up with, like, depression and also anorexia. And she says she blames it on them because they forced her, she says, um, to take Coke, have sex with people, and go on diets. I'm sorry? (laughs) Coke is in cocaine? Yes. Oh, my sweet Uh, And she had suicidal ideations. They also... She was groomed by an older man, sexually assaulted multiple times, and she's blaming them. She's blaming her agents. She's blaming... Basically, the industry she was pushed into, that's she's terrible. thankfully out of this, but that's why she's gone on a crusade to really speak up. That is terrible. Wow. I wish her the best. Yeah. Well, let us know what you think. Do you think that they'll make their comeback that they want? At LGT Shows, where you could find us on social media. But coming up, a famous dancer is coming out about her experience with conversion therapy. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. And yes, it's Shira, but Ryan is out today. Shara Giselle is filling in. Sure am. Yep. Love having you, of course. And we've been having some great discussions from superstitions to, uh, uh, not taekwondo, to jiu-jitsu. Jiu-jitsu. We've talked about so many good things today. Yeah, it's juicy. You know, I've been using that word a lot, juicy. I feel like I'm fully L.A. now. I've gone from avocado toast to juicy. Maybe so, Shira. Maybe so. I mean. (laughs) Uh, But coming up, speaking of that, we're going to be talking about the full buck moon. What is that exactly? I'm excited. Uh, you know, I, I'm someone who's a novice to this astrological okay. stuff. Um, I, I love reading horoscopes and I love everything with the stars and the moon and 
Blood moon, full moon, charger crystals. I'm I'm all I'm new to it, there. but I I'm like in it. it. Well, that's in 30 minutes. Plus, a famous dancer is coming out about her experience with conversion therapy. Shar's got that in the T report in a moment. But first, let's get into some what's trending this hour. The White House released a carpool karaoke-esque video featuring White House climate advisor Gina McCarthy and Secretary of Energy Jennifer Granholm talking about um, the Chevy Bolt. Was this an ad or I don't know? Thankfully, we have Chevy Bolts in the federal system. Hey. Have you ever driven an electric vehicle before? I have a Chevy Bolt. That is my car. I lease a Bolt and I lease solar panels. So I drive on sunshine, girl. That Now people are saying, <laughs> I drive on sunshine. That's something. Yeah, that sounds like product placement, the entire thing. It seems like they are pushing... Uh, you know, we know sustainable energy is something, and electric we're moving towards. Um, and federally. Chevy is American-made, but right? it seems like yeah. And they're also pushing a lot of these car manufacturers to go there. And GM, which owns Chevy, is probably gonna, is has spoken out well, about. Well, these car owners need to, someone needs to design something comprehensive for the catalytic converter. If you listen to l- oh, yesterday's yeah. show, then you already know. I'm not repeating it. That's true. Go back to our podcast. <laughs> now, the California legislator recently passed a bill that would remove male pronouns from state laws when referring to elected officials. According to the Associated Press, the bill was set in motion by State Assemblywoman Rebecca Bauer Cahan, who said, We have women serving in our highest office and the sections of the code referring to them only in the male pronoun, which is pretty shocking to me. It doesn't represent where California is and where California is going. So she introduced... Is it shocking? I mean, yeah. Is it? Well, someone had to do something about it. So she introduced AB 378, and it calls to remove gendered language to provisions regarding positions like governor, lieutenant governor, attorney general, secretary of state, and others. And the bill is now headed to uh, Governor Gavin Newsom's desk. And that's what's trending this hour, what's happening in entertainment news. I totally agree that they should make things genderless because that's the where we're headed. So, you know Allison Stoner. I'm familiar with Allison Stoner from the Missy Elliott videos yes. and Mike's super short show on the Disney Channel back in the day. If you know, then you know. Well, anyway, Allison is now a full-blown adult. She's 27 and is pansexual. And she's recently opened up in an interview with The Insider about her her bout with conversion therapy. Mm. She discussed the internalized shame that she felt over her sexual orientation and how she attended a, quote, outpatient variation of conversion therapy after she fell in love with the woman and could not reconcile her feelings with her religion. Mm. Now, this is a tale as old as time, I feel like. I even know people personally who have gone to conversion therapy. It did not work, but the scars are still there. They're working on... T- turning those scars into beauty marks, so to speak, because it's a very traumatizing experience. And in some cases, you know, they use electroshock therapy. Now, that's not what Allison uh, went through, but she went on to say, I felt stuck. I felt wretched. I felt like everything was wrong with me, even though I, in my heart of hearts, only desired to be a devoted follower of God. And so... It goes back to these conversations about how we are, if you do subscribe to Christianity, we we are all created in his image, so to speak. And sometimes, you know, it's weaponized. We will not sometimes, oftentimes, oftentimes, you know, people put uh, LGBT issues on a pedestal when it comes to the church. Um, But she said to hear from people you trust, from people you respect, from people you might even aspire to become that Mm. at your core, you are rotten, abominable. 
that the devil has a target on your back because of your position in Hollywood. She also discussed how kids need better protections. This is also a talking point as old as time, but child actors, child stars need better protections in and around this city. Oh, so, sure. And she also released a book. Visit her her Twitter. She's doing a lot of cool stuff. It's at Allison Stoner, A-L-Y. S-O-N, stoner. It, it, it's good stuff. And I'm glad that she's speaking up, up mm-hmm. about this because conversion therapy is is just, it's not the way to go. And it's still not illegal across and the I country. And I wish Chick-fil-A would stop donating to them. Exactly. <laughs> stop eating Chick-fil-A. Well, coming up, the bisexual couch launched for Pride is well disturbing many people. We'll tell you why next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, so IKEA wanted to celebrate Pride, and they did so in a very unique way. And Very um, unique want way. Want to know if you think this is cute or creepy. So they've gone viral for this, which is, I guess, what every brand wants, but I don't know if they liked the way they went viral. They released a bunch of colorful couch slip covers intended to honor the LGBTQ communities, and uh, they included... <laughs> A bisexual Ikea couch. Well, there's an assortment. They have one for the trans flag. They have one for gay pride. They're all very ugly. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. So it looks like if you were in high school and someone needs to be like, what does pride mean to you? And like put it on a couch. And like you were were just like, okay, I'm going to be like, or even in elementary school. I'm going to go to elementary school level. Because they felt like very much like putting random stuff together on uh, a piece of material. And personally, I can't see these slipcovers being utilized in any helpful way, maybe outside of like an LGBT center. Like if I stepped in someone's apartment <laughs> and they had a pride slipcover over their entire couch, I'd have to question some things. Personally, personally, <laughs> well, I have my reasons. The one that drew some attention, I mean, all of them did, specifically the bisexual one, it was also because it included hands all over it. Like, Fake hand, like not hand prints, but just like as if you outlined your hand and there was color like in there. Like kindergarten. Yeah, exactly. Like a hand uh, cut out. And then it said something. Oh, it here, says, I'm, when you change or to and, nobody believes you. So a lot of people were like, okay, I'm haunted by this. Another person said, obsessed with how the bisexual Ikea couch turns into a horror movie prop when you change the text and colors around a little. And I mean, so- the, 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 text, uh, the text is relevant. That biphobia is still, well, I don't even know if phobia attached to, to that sentiment makes sense, but there are still people who don't believe in the and. It's either or. Mm. However, I don't see why this one is garnering so many so much attention. The transgender one is ugly, too. What does it look like, Char? It is like, it looks like Lisa Frank threw up on, on a couch. I mean, it's the trans flag colors, and it's, you know, it's the 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 pink, the blue, and the white. But it's like clouds. It's, it's just, none of them are cute Listen, to me. It, they had a good intention. However, it's very ex- My Little Pony. It, it was a strange execution. And by the way, this is from Ikea Canada. Poor Canada. I expect, more, I guess, Dang. more from you. And they also published stories of the individuals whose gender or sexuality were represented by the slipcovers. These were made by different designers, um, and they were also those in the community. But yeah. And this is no offense to the designers, but they are ugly. This is just my personal opinion. So they are going to be selling, I guess, on the site, um, and you can get them on the IKEA store in Canada. And they also have a bunch of other things they're doing, including these rainbow bags, the bags and the covers. They're available in many stores. 
two ninety nine to seven ninety nine, I guess, for these bags. But I don't know how much these covers are, and I but I wonder we, if they're gonna like this will be end up in a a warehouse unused. Well, well, I'm looking at something right now that says IKEA for the United States marked Pride Month. Uh, you know, celebrated last month in June um, with a series of campaigns, and the stores would donate thirty percent of retail price of each sale in the month to store stama i don't i don't know what these say well anyway glistens included and the lgbt which is great inclusion yeah and and uh schools up to fifty thousand dollars to school the bag and the speaker covers are yeah, still available so- in in stores uh, the all that matters to me, and this is this goes far beyond IKEA. This is for every corporate, mm-hmm. you know, entity that gets involved in any month, even outside of Pride. Where are the proceeds going? That's all I care Always. about. You all can get your ugly slip covers if you want. If it's going to a good cause, I'm all for it. I there support you go. it. All right, and it's of course July first. We know Pride is over, but it's never over here on Channel Q. Now coming up, what is the full buck moon in July and how can you benefit from it? That's next. All right. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. All right, so we got July's full buck moon coming up. You know, there's the new moons, the full moons, the big moons, the super moons, the strawberry moons. The blood moons. I can't even keep up. Yeah, I've never heard of the Buck Moon, but I'm very excited. One of my best friend's birthdays is July 23rd, and I have a cousin and Michelle Williams from Destiny's Child. There's a lot going on July 23rd. Okay, well, Nina Khan is back with us, a writer, <laughs> astrologer, author of three books, including Astrology for Life, to explain what it's all about. Thanks for joining us again. Hello, hello. I'm so happy to be here. Yes. Thanks for having me. Oh, well, we love this stuff. And so tell folks what the full Buck Moon is and when it happens. Yes, the full buck moon is the nickname for the full moon that happens in July. And this year it is happening on July 23rd, which is just one day after the start of Leo season. So we're still going to be riding that fiery sign switch at the time of the full moon, which is extra exciting. Mm. I got to watch my back. Leos are, have been the biggest source of my heartbreaks, but that's okay. That's another segment for another day. So I want to know, <laughs> how will this moon, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a novice, but how will this moon like affect us? Sure. Well, um, this full moon is taking place in the sign of Aquarius. And Aquarius is a really unconventional energy. It loves to break the rules and do things differently. So this is a really great time to let go of whatever is holding you back from being your totally weird and quirky and one-of-a-kind self. And it's really about embracing your individuality and inspiring other people to kind of break out of their boxes, too. That sounds chaotic during a season like Leo season. Oh, yeah. Control, control person here is, like, not feeling it. I'm an Earth sign, so I'm like, I'm like, hold on now. Okay. And how long will this last? Is it, should we be, like, freeing ourselves of our inhibitions, like... For, for one week, like how long does the do the effects of the full buck moon last? Yeah, we can typically feel the energy of a full moon in the couple days leading up to it and the couple days after that. Okay. But really, a full moon is part of a larger lunar cycle, which is like a month long. So we'll kind of be riding the energy of this full moon for two weeks afterward until we get to the next new moon, which will be sort of a reset. Okay, so how can we get the most benefits from this? 
Well, Aquarius is also the sign that rules friendship. So I think it's a really great time to check in on your friends and just get together with your crew or connect with your community in some way. Mm -hmm. Aquarius really asks us to celebrate the fact that we're not alone and that we're Mm -hmm. part of a larger collective. So any way that you can channel that energy under this month's full moon is really great. So even if you're just getting together with friends and talking about your feelings or complaining about Leo season drama, it's it's (laughs) kind of a good way to channel that vibe. And now, of course, it's July 1st, uh, and we have you here, and you are an astrologist extraordinaire. So, uh, we are both, Shira and I are both Earth signs. Well, I'm an Earth, but I've been told that I'm moving into air, which is why I'm having this identity struggle. Oh, you're a cusp? I'm, I'm a Taurus. But yeah, but, like supposedly mm, there's another air. type of horoscope that people are getting into now. Oh no, that I'm sticking scri- to the classics. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I'm a Capricorn. I'm an Earth sign. Shira's a, a, an Earth sign, and she's a Taurus. What do you? What's in store for us? If if you can so, tell us anything individually yeah, too. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, for Tauruses, this full moon in particular is hitting the part of your chart that is about career. So it's a really great time to like kind of unbutton your shirt in your career and try to bring some of your uniqueness into it, which obviously it seems like you have a great channel in which to do that already, Shira. And then for Capricorns, let's see. This is, this full moon is sort of shining a light on your resources. Oh. So your money and your stuff. It's a really great time okay. to like clean out your closet and let go of junk that you don't want anymore or check in on your finances and kind of clean up your <gasps> oh bank account, that kind of thing. This is very aligned to what we've been talking about. It, yeah, both we've of been, us. We've been oh, talking cool. about some things today and yeah, I'm planning a move. So I will be cleaning out my closet. I, I missed the last part of what you said because Shira got excited. Can you repeat it? (laughs) No, that's so perfect. Yeah, I just said, you know, resources in general. So your belongings, your stuff, that's totally aligned with moving and clearing the clutter out of the way. And it's also a good time to check in on money because money is part of your resources too. So that'll be a helpful way to channel this energy. Will love ever be in the cards for me? Seems like Capricorn, all we do is work and earn money, (laughs) which I don't mind. I love money and I love working, but I want a man. You know, totally. And you know, people really underestimate this about Capricorns. Capricorns are earth signs and earth signs are very, very sensual. So I feel like the work part of Capricorn energy really gets kind of over-focused on. But when Capricorns let loose, they let loose and they want to have fun and indulge in their pleasures and have a good time. Um, And as far as love goes, there's actually some exciting stuff happening this month because love planet Venus and sex planet Mars are having a once every two year alignment. They're doing it on July 17th. Yeah. (laughs) So it's sort of like a really steamy reset for our love lives. And it's happening in Leo, which, you know, for all the drama that Leo vibes bring, it's also super confident and bold. So it sort of asks us to step up and be bolder about what we want in love and romance and sex. Char's freaking out. Thank you for this. <laughs> yeah, no, appreciate I'm it. Forward to the full buck moon. And uh, for more, of course, for people to find their other their signs, uh, what is your Instagram? Where can people find out more of uh, their own charts and everything? I am on Instagram at Valley Girl Mystic, and I have written some really fun full moon horoscopes for this month's full moon. So if you follow me, you can kind of peep that in my stories i'll be sure to post about it amazing well thank you so much that was nina khan writer astrologer author of 
three books, including Astrology for Life. Have a good uh, moon month. <laughs> Thank you. Happy full moon and happy July. Yes, Thank you, you to too. You. Coming up, uh, we're going to tell you why black TikTok creators are boycotting Megan The Stallion's new song. This is one of my favorite stories yes, we're right doing now. it next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. So black creators are boycotting Megan The Stallion's new song on TikTok. And they're doing this for a reason. Basically. I love this story. Yeah. It's my new favorite, new favorite news story because I love Megan The Stallion. Mm-hmm. I love the song. Oh my gosh, that is my song of the summer. in the background? I don't know. That is my song of the summer. And... I've been loving this story because I've seen what white creators have been putting out and it's been pure comedy. So, yes, what you just mentioned, black creators are tired of not being credited and not receiving any benefits, compensation for their creativity because a lot of It's not even equal. It's anything. anything. Yeah. And so a lot of folks are calling out uh, big TikTok talkers like Charlie D'Amelio or Addison Addison Rae, who we saw this very clearly when she performed these popular dances on Jimmy Fallon that were basically... um, originally done by black creators. Yes, and what happens is these white creators copy the dance, they end up getting the the following and the opportunities. It's a tale as old as time, just like when Elvis stole, you know, the song from Big Mama Thornton. We've been seeing this... And I know that if you're playing a drinking game, you're probably uh, intoxicated because I keep saying a tale as old as time during every segment. But it is the truth, you know, and it's it's also a, it's very frustrating. It's very frustrating because these people are coming up with original choreography and the TikTok dances and trends started out as fun. Just fun. Let's just see what you can do until people who were not the originators or creators started monetizing and benefiting from it without giving credit, without giving their just due. So Black creators are at home watching Addison Rae do their choreography on national TV and no mention of them. Pure erasure. Mm, yeah. And so they decided to use Megan the Stallion's latest song, That S Word. I can't say it, I don't think. No, you cannot. Um, <laughs> it's the four <laughs> letter knew, S word. They knew it was going to be popular. And so people would be searching for dances. And basically, they're, they're proving the point that because they, none of them have decided to do anything, there's a lack of that virality. They're a big part of it. And also, one of them did it as a joke. They did like a middle finger yeah. as a movement. And actually, white creators redid that thinking that was the dance. Yeah, I've been seeing um, <laughs> the white creator stuff. You know, it's made its way onto to Twitter, of course, because I'm not really that active on on um, TikTok. However, it does fundamentally prove the point. There's a lack of creativity. There's a lack of rhythm. There is a lack, like you said, a lack of virality because that creativity, the secret sauce isn't there. And people are not even doing the, the, like it literally says hands on my knees, you know, you know, doing whatever. And people are waving their hands in the air. Like the instructions are in the song, but it it has been quite comical. That's been my favorite aspect to see what people come up with, what non-black people come up with for this song. This is why, you know, I dance on my TikToks and my videos. I don't do Choreographed. I just run around, do whatever I'm feeling in my body. I am not about to do anything that anyone is doing or even try. One, because I can't. Uh, but, you know. I think the black creators should stick to their guns. To me, this is a form of activism. This oh, goes yeah. f- so far beyond just a little like, oh, they're da-da-da. No, this is, this is, I mean, like I said, the proof is in the pudding. And hopefully 
the powers that be and the gatekeepers will unlock some things and start giving black creators opportunities and money and brand endorsements and deals because it's not fair and it's not right. But one of the oh, but it's the American way. One of the heads of TikTok that does partnerships and talent is a a black man, a gay man, and he's been actually very um he has been pushing programs and a lot that wasn't there before on TikTok that said it's obviously not enough and. My hope is also the white creators start giving credit where credit is due. and they Or start try to be that. a bit more original. How about you just get off my page? Get off my TikTok and you do your own thing. How about we do that? But that wouldn't work because, you know, <laughs> you know. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We're wrapping up the shows we always do with our Yaz Queen of the yes, day. Yaz Queen? Oh, hey. <laughs> that was like a sneaky one. I know. I can't do <laughs> No one can do it like Ryan. Yep. Well, he's back tomorrow. So we'll have one of those again. We need just him to record it so we could play it. Yeah. Anywho. Well, this one goes to an elder gay couple who, uh, all right, wait for it because this starts bad and ends up good. So they were shocked to receive a hateful letter from a grandmother after they appeared on their local TV station's Pride coverage. But then a heartwarming letter from a supportive nine-year-old girl lifted their spirits again because the next generation is going to save the world. We all know that. Ditz Priest and his partner, Alan, of Alderney, UK, appeared on the ITV channel as it covered Pride Month, and they held hands. It was so cute, but, of course, angered some folks, including the older folks. A grandmother who saw them on TV, as I mentioned, wrote a letter saying that they disgusted her and her family so much that they lost their appetite. Mm. Well, mm. oh well, how is Don't that watch. my problem? Turn it off. How is that my problem? Um, anyway, she continued to say horrible things. We're not going to read it. So, um... They posted that letter to their Facebook where he called it pathetic, obviously. That led to an outpouring of support in the comments. And another handwritten letter from a nine-year-old girl said, uh, who said, I was in absolute shock after reading this. Um, how could someone be so rude? She said that the grandmother should think about your feelings and stress that Prisa and his partner should feel proud to be gay and go on TV to speak about LGBTQ+. Ignore the negative people, what they say about your relationship because they are wrong. They should say positive things about you too because you are amazing. And she drew a rainbow. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I love that. And for, uh, for the life of me, as you're reading this story, I cannot seem to understand, like, I don't think I'll ever understand, like, homophobes' approach. Mm. These two men are not doing anything to directly affect this grandmother. Showing their anything. love. They're just showing love. And that goes for, I don't know, I just don't get it. And you lost your appetite. I w- would have ridden her back and said, what does that have to do with me, lady? Nothing. Nothing. We're happy this turned around into something positive. And once again, it shows we got to remind folks of why their love matters. Yeah. I wish people just had overall a bit more compassion and a bit more empathy. Um, Yeah, it's ridiculous. But I'm glad the nine-year-old girl was at least able, I guess, to change the pace of this. But, Mm -hmm. you know. Well, that does it for a yes, queen of the day. How did the elderly woman even find find the couple if they were on the news? <laughs> Who knows? Investiga- investigative abilities. And then all the energy that it takes. I know. I'm getting tired talking about Ugh, it. Girl, me too. <laughs> if you want to nominate someone for our Yaz Queen of the Day or share something positive with us, we love to hear from you at LGT Shows where you can find us on social media. And well, that does it for our show today as well. 
We are back tomorrow live here on Channel Q2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Shar, it's been a pleasure. Love having you on. Thank you. You saved my booty many times, and I appreciate <laughs> it. Um, and again, you'll be back while I'm out in the next week. So yeah. more Shar coming up here on Channel Whether Q. Whether you like me or not. While I'm on vacay. Uh, but coming up tomorrow, we're going to be talking about how watching TikTok before bed affects your dreams. I need to listen to some of this so I'm excited for that convo plus why scientists want us to skip the fireworks on July 4th that is tomorrow if you miss any of our shows or interviews we post everything as a podcast so catch up on everything just go to the Odyssey app search let's go there that's where you can find us or where podcasts are available now we're sending you love and light and stick around for love line where Dr. Chris is covering asexuality yes that's next This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t